are you now? Oh, how are you now? Man. Seriously, how's everybody doing after that? The heart stopper that we just watched. Your Montreal Canadiens beat the Philadelphia Flyers 5-4 to four in a shootout. Hello and welcome to episode 18 of the Bottom 6 Minutes podcast presented by Habs Eyes and the Prize. I am Matt Drake and that was a goddamn heart stopper, wasn't it? Holy shit. Now I know that a lot of people, you know, want this team to be losing games right now and for good reason, right? It's, it's a hot shit draft coming up in 2023, uh, but... I, I got to tell you, if, if you can't sit back and look at a game like that and the way that the Montreal Canadiens were able to get back into it and win it, if you can't sit back and enjoy one of those games, you, you might want to find another team at this point. And that's not me trying to gatekeep. I'm not saying, you know, we don't want you as a Montreal Canadiens fan. I get why you want them to lose. I just think that this team is capable of better things this season. And unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on how you look at it, we're going to see games like this. What a game. Let's get right into the recap because I, I got to talk about that before I can start talking about those performances that really stood out. And um, let's face it, this game did not start well for the Habs. You go into it, you know, you're kind of hoping hoping maybe for a, a bit of a better performance coming off the heels of a game that they probably deserved to win but ended up losing. And then Travis, Hans- <laughs> Travis Sanheim fucking scores 30 seconds into the game. And you're like, okay, this one might get a little bit ugly because that was one that I felt like Jake Allen maybe should have had. But, you know, whatever. You know, you're only down one, right? But still, less than three minutes into the period, I think on their third or fourth shot of the game, Owen Tippett, he's on the rush, kind of just fires one on net. Bit of a floater, honestly. Don't even think Jake Allen saw it, but definitely would say that one, absolutely. You have to have it if you're Jake Allen. Uh, but he doesn't, and is 2 nothing for the Flyers. It took nearly five minutes for the Habs to get a shot on goal. But when they finally did, they made it count. Arbor Jacki, first shot on goal, comes from him at the point. Brennan Gallagher is whacking away at it, but it's Christian Dvorak who finds that rebound and puts it in and makes it 2-1. to one. The Habs have some life, right? I did very much enjoy that, the fact that they didn't just resign themselves to a loss after giving up two quick goals, and they get back into that game. And guess what? It's worth something. Habs, they get a power play later on in the period. Sean Monaghan scores at the side of the net. The puck is over the line. But the officials, they go to review and they say, okay, well, that puck did cross the line, but they give the Flyers the opportunity to challenge. And clearly, Sean Monaghan was pushing the pad in with the puck. Therefore, no goal. And we're right back to 2-1 for the Flyers. Stupid-ass review process. I think there's some problems with that, but we know. We know the NHL has some problems with their review processes in general. It's not a big surprise to hear that. But anyways, it doesn't matter. The power play that the Habs were on continues, and Cole Caulfield happens to be interfered with, so we go to a 5-on-3 for the Habs, which is deadly. Kirby Doc playing up at the point, just puts it on a platter for Cole Caulfield. He bangs it right through Carter Hart. Uh, Hart got a piece of it, but it was a very, very hard shot by Cole Caulfield. 2-2, two 30 more to go. The countdown continues. And then we go into the second period. Second period, for the most part, is just tight checking. 
things don't start to open up in that period until about midway through and now we're getting chances going back and forth they're trading chances it's getting to be a little bit more exciting hockey the first 10 minutes were a little bit dull it was just, it was just four checking it was just clogged up neutral zone it was slow speeds up in the second half of that period Caulfield gets a chance gets stopped puck gets kicked back out towards the blue line by the Flyers but the Habs hold the line they hold it get it down Nick Suzuki with a ridiculous spinning backhand no look feed into the high slot to Mike Matheson playing his first game first official game anyways in a Montreal Canadiens uniform and he puts it in gets his homecoming moment makes it three to two for the Montreal Canadiens however with like four minutes to go in the period, Owen Tippett on a faceoff in the Montreal Canadiens zone just bangs it on net right off the faceoff. No winning the draw or anything. He just takes a shot. And again, this is one that Jake Allen should have had. And it gets through and makes it 3-3. Three to three. And that's our score going into the third period. At the beginning of that period, they're still killing off a four-minute high-sticking penalty that Mike Matheson took in the second. They managed to kill that. But of course, not too long... After they killed that, Kevin Hayes gets the puck uh, up above the top of the circle, like in between the top of the circle and the blue line, and just fires it through traffic while turning, and it gets through. Uh, I can't blame Jake Allen for that one like I did on the previous goals. That one was through a lot of traffic, but uh, at the end of the day, it made it 4-3. And, you know, we're uh, hoping for a miracle at this point for the Habs. And they get a miracle. They do everything in their power to score a goal with Jake Allen out of the net they've got the extra attacker they are getting chances left right and center all over the place none of them are going in Cole Caulfield gets a great A chance and he gets stopped by Carter Hart puck gets over to Nick Suzuki there is two seconds left on the clock and he uses half of a second to make a beautiful pass across the ice to guess who? Cole Caulfield. And Cole Caulfield, much like he did during that 5-on-3 in the first period, he bangs it in with barely more than a second left on the clock. He gets a buzzer beater to send this game to overtime. And folks, overtime is cocaine. It's cocaine. It is all-out action for the full five minutes, but it solves nothing. We go to a shootout. We go to a shootout, and in the shootout, guess who shoots first? It's Cole Caulfield, but he shoots, and he's stopped. Owen Tippett goes next. He was hot in this game, arguably the best player on the ice. Also stopped by Jake Allen. Nick Suzuki, he's up next. Dangles, dangles, goes to the backhand, and it's in. An absolute assassin in the shootout is Nick Suzuki. Habs are up. Who goes next? Morgan Frost for the Flyers. Double doink. Hits both posts. Who's up next? Christian Dvorak. He's stopped. Finally, Kevin Hayes with the game on his stick. He needs the score to extend this thing. He cannot. He is stopped by Jake Allen, and the Montreal Canadiens win 5-4. to four. What a game. What a game. Whew. I mean, again, go back to what I said off the top. I understand that a lot of us are looking for losses at this point. We want to try to get the best possible pick in the draft. It's a hot draft. But this team is, they're just better than that. We're, we're not getting a top five pick. I don't see it. 
This team can turn losses into wins. They can also turn wins into losses. So, you know, you're going to have entertaining games this season one way or another. Win or lose, they're going to be fun to watch, and that's exciting for me. And the fact that we're seeing young players lead the charge here and getting them some of these wins, the way they're getting them, whew, man, imagine when this team is actually ready to compete. Imagine when they get a couple of more key players on their roster that can help them get to that point. Man, they're going to be something. This is exciting, folks. We should be excited about this. Again, I'm not trying to be the gatekeeper and say, hey, if you're on Team Tank, get out of here. We don't want you as a fan. I agree with you. It'd be great to get Connor Bedard. We're just not there. We're not that bad. And that's good news. I really think this team could be competitive in the next couple of years. And that brings me, I guess that's as good a segue as any to my player of the game. Uh, How can you not go with Cole Caulfield? He was mag-fucking-nificent in that game. Incredible. Mike Hoffman got hurt in the second period. And, you know, kudos to Mike Hoffman. Again, I I know, Mike, unblock me on Twitter because I'm going to say it one more time. Mike Hoffman actually played pretty well in the game. And then he got injured. Um, I think it was lower body. And Cole Caulfield was getting double shifted. They were playing him in Hoffman's spot and they were playing him in his regular spot. And he looked dangerous everywhere. It was a miracle that this guy didn't have five goals in that game. He hit the crossbar at one point. I think he hit the crossbar anyways. He had a shot that kind of ricocheted up and went into the stands. And I'm like, how did it get there? The only way it could have got there is if it either hit the the, uh, the top of the of Carter Hart's stick or if it hit the crossbar. I, I couldn't hear it on the broadcast anyways. Um, but at the end of the day, <laughs> my point is he could have had four or five goals in that game. And he only had two. W- what an incredible player that they managed to pick up. And the fact that he did it against Philadelphia is just extra hilarious because, of course, anybody who remembers watching that draft, you remember when Philadelphia stepped up to the podium, they said, well, we choose from the U.S. National Development Program, Cam York. And (laughs) Cam York, I'm sure he's a fine player. Uh, He's not Cole Caulfield, and he never will be. Um, Well, maybe he will be, but he's probably never going to be. Um, Cole Caulfield's amazing. He's a player that we should be celebrating. There is, you know, we're, we're at what now? We're at 29 more goals. The countdown continues. This man's hitting 40 this season. And he's still got an outside shot at hitting 50. Um, I guess I, I've already said all I could really say about Caulfield in previous episodes. So what I will say is I want to talk about his contract situation they need to sign this man yesterday. I know they're working on it. I know um, Jeff Gordon was on uh, Tony Marinero's podcast, and he said, you know, we've had conversations with his agent about when's the right time. You know, the right time's now. His agent, I don't want to have a conversation with his agent about when the right time is because his agent is, of course, going to say, yeah, the right time's the end of the season. Let's wait and see what he does. Of course, because if he hits 50, then he's got a better... He's, he's in a better bargaining position to get more money out of you. Now, Suzuki's contract means that you can't get too much. I talked about this on the sick podcast with Tony Marinero uh, yesterday. There's like an internal cap there with Suzuki's deals. So you can't get m- that much more. He's not going to get Austin Matthews or Connor McDavid money. He's not going to get uh, Nathan McKinnon money. But 50 goals speaks it speaks a lot 
The Habs have not had a 40-goal scorer since Vincent Danfus. They're not going to let him walk. If he scores 40 or if he scores 50, either way, they've got a significant argument there to get a little bit extra money out of the Habs. I say offer this guy a long-term contract right goddamn now. Give him exactly the same money that Nick Suzuki got. If they get him for the same money they got Nick Suzuki, we are in business for this rebuild, folks. We are absolutely in business. Right now, they are single-handedly, well, not single-handedly. There are other key players that are contributing as well, but basically single-handedly providing you with the ability to win any game that you play. Just look at that game. Just look at the way that that game ended. Right, you're down. You're down in a game where, by and large, you've been outchanced. I think I'd have to go look at natural statric. I don't have it open right now, but I'll pull it open as I'm talking. Let's see if I can multitask a little bit here for you guys. And by and large, you're being outchanced. By and large, you're you're being outpossessed. But despite all that, and despite giving up two goals to start the game, so within the first three minutes, you're down two goals. You fight back. You get back into that game. You get a lead. You lose the lead. <laughs> And not only do you lose the lead and get the game tied up, well, you give the lead right back to the team that you had to snatch it from in the first place. And then with seconds left on the clock, with seconds left, and when I say seconds, I mean literally two seconds. Your captain, who you just anointed captain at the beginning of the season, throws it across to the guy, the the hero goal scorer that you've been looking for forever, and they put it in the net and you go to overtime and you go to a shootout and you win this is you know th- this is the future of the team right here and the, the, i said i think i said this last year the future is right now well the future is absolutely right now they are playing their best hockey they're playing fantastic they are giving you some of the most exciting hockey that you could possibly ask for they're doing this in front of a home crowd god damn it's it's unbelievable and look at that. I got the numbers and I was right. They were outpossessed. Uh, they were outshot at even strength at the very least. Uh, they were, yes, outchanced. Not, however, outchanced in terms of high danger chances. They actually had the better of the high danger chances. Uh, 50-50 in the first two periods. And then uh, they had 55.56% of the chances in, of the high danger chances in the third period. So, you know, it, you <laughs> I guess that, that kind of feeds into what I was talking about anyways. Why are they getting more high-danger chances? Well, because particularly players like Cole Caulfield and Nick Suzuki. I mean, uh, Cole Caulfield's your player of the game for a reason. Two goals, absolutely amazing performance. I think a close second would have been Suzuki. Uh, what a goddamn assassin in the shootout. What a goddamn assassin in terms of passing the puck in general. Like that t- game-tying goal doesn't happen without Nick Suzuki's pass. That ridiculous spinning backhand pass that he threw to Mike Matheson. I mean, you even the Sportsnet broadcast. I watch this game on Sportsnet. I usually watch in French. I watch this one on Sportsnet because I, I don't love watching on TVA. But even the Sportsnet broadcast, who are notoriously anti-Habs, they watched that pass, and they were saying the same thing I was, which is there's no way he was looking for Cole Caulfield. Cole Caulfield was right there, but there was way too much mustard on that pass for him to be intentionally trying to give it to Cole Caulfield. Cole Caulfield would have had no shot at one-timing that puck. 
the best hand-eye coordination on the planet is not going to let you get that puck with the mustard that he put on it. But it went right on a Mike Matheson stick, tape to tape, no problem. I'm telling you, that puck was intended for Mike Matheson. And the fact that he even saw Mike Matheson through all that traffic is incredible. The vision and the passing ability to put that tape to tape is wild. Nick Suzuki, I said this on my own podcast. I've said it on other podcasts as well. He's going to have multiple 90-point seasons during this contract. Guess what? I wasn't sure if the first one was going to come this season. Now I'm feeling like it's it's probably coming this season, and he might even hit 100. He might even hit 100 in a season where his team doesn't make the playoffs. Imagine what he's going to look like when this team's ready to make the playoffs. Unreal. But who else? I can't just talk about Caulfield and Suzuki and leave it at that. Um, there were some other really good performances as well. I felt like Sean Monaghan was on the verge of three or four goals in that game. <laughs> Sean Monaghan was great. He was fantastic. And he's a guy who's probably on the trade block at the end of the season, potentially going to get you a first-round pick. If I was a contending team and I'm watching that game and I see the way Sean Monaghan played, I'm, I'm queuing up my first-round pick. If I think, because there's legitimate reason to think that he could help a team compete for a Stanley Cup right now. I think he's well past his injury issues. He looked absolutely fantastic in that game. Um, you know, would have liked to see him maybe crack one there. Would have liked to see him, you know, find the score sheet, get one in the net. He was close, but you know what? I felt like a, a close second to him actually finding the score sheet was just looking at the way that he was going about that game. He was dangerous, right? That's going to turn some heads. Anybody who's watching the Habs, thinking about making a trade with them, they're going to see that. Um, Jake Allen, rough night. Rough night, buddy. It didn't matter. Uh, He came up big when they needed him to in the shootout. But outside of that, I mean, again, even though the Habs got outshot and outpossessed, they could have won that game in regulation if Jake Allen made a couple of saves. Like that face-off goal was the worst one of them all. Uh, You can't let that get through you, but um, I'm not going to rag on Jake Allen. I think he deserves a bad game or two. I think he's earned it with the way he's played so far this season. So we'll leave that one as a wash. Maybe put a pin in that for the future because I'm willing to give him a pass for that one for sure. Mike Matheson, first game in a Habs uniform, scores a goal. That's great. He looked a little bit rusty though. Um, Again, I'll put a pin in that. I'm not really willing to, to judge him so far when this is his first game, and he's clearly a little bit rusty. He did manage to score. The individual skill is clearly there. It's a matter of, I think, getting his reads and getting his positioning uh, down packed, which he clearly doesn't have yet, but overall decent. Caden Gooley, on the other hand, fantastic. Oh, he lit up. Who did he light up? Uh, Scott Lawton in the second period. He lit him up, and he left the game. I honestly, I hope that Lawton's okay. Um, I I never wish injury on anybody, so I really hope that he's back as soon as humanly possible. He got lit up by Caden Gooley. It was a beautiful, clean hit. Fantastic. Caden Gooley is starting to find his timing, folks, and you're going to see him starting to light more people up like that because once he figures out his timing, it's something that he likes to do. And then Arbor Jackeye. Arbor Jackeye was great in this game too. Um, He landed as well a beautiful hit in behind the Habs net. And the, when was that? Was that the first period? That was the first period, wasn't it? No. It was the second period. Who cares? It doesn't matter. He landed a beautiful hit. And then Nicolas Delaurier 
you know, came over, invited him to a fight. He held his own against D'Lo. You know, we've we've all seen D'Lo fight before. He used to play for the Habs. And he's a pretty goddamn good fighter. And uh, Jack Eye held his own. But more than that, you know, he's putting pucks on net. Uh, putting pucks on net in smart situations as well from the point. And that led to one of the goals for the Habs. That was his point shot was what got them back on track in that first period. So very encouraging to see that from Jack Eye. I still stand behind what I said. I would have sat David Savard instead of Jordan Harris going into this game. I'm surprised they picked Jordan Harris. I thought if anybody was going to sit, it was going to be Jack Eye. I guess we know why they kept Jack Eye in the lineup because the Flyers have fighters. They got D'Lo. Um, you don't want to go in there with nobody who's willing to throw, even though they probably still could have had Edmondson. Anderson will probably throw with just about anybody, just about anybody anyways. Um, I don't think they necessarily needed to keep Jack Eye, but if it was me, I would have put David Savard aside. I felt like Savard was a passenger in that game. You know, he wasn't bad. I don't have a complaint about him. Uh, but I think overall, I felt like he was kind of invisible, which is maybe a good thing. You know, as a defenseman, if you're not noticeable, it means you're not doing a bad job at least. But, you know, I would have preferred to see Harris in that position. And I know we're talking about left shot, right shot. You know, you don't want to have too many left shots or too many right shots. And the Habs currently have too many left shots, no matter how you slice it. So I guess I understand. But... You know, I'd like to see them try something different next game. I'd really like to see them, you know, give Savard a game off, maybe two games off, and try the younger defenseman. Obviously, you keep Matheson in the lineup. He needs to get more reps. Doesn't matter, win or lose, give him the opportunity to get better. But I, I would like to see him, them really try to keep the younger players in the lineup at this point. I think that's important for the development of this team. And I'll end it on that note because we're already over 20 minutes. But that's the message I want to get across. Development is very important right now. This team is not that far off from competing. They're not. The core of this team is capable of competing. They just need a little bit more to get them over the top. You've got pieces that you can trade this season to get you more assets in the draft. And you've already got a lot of draft picks. And you've already got some other players that are coming up through the ranks that you've already drafted. This team could be very good in the next couple of years. Let's make sure that we're developing those young players and getting them ready. Because this team's going to be fun when they're ready. We'll cut it off there. We're running uh, 23 minutes. So it's a soirée inconnue pour les employés de soutien. Uh, we're on Spotify, Google Play, Apple, Megaphone. I'm on Twitter at DrakeMT. Drop me a follow. I would appreciate it very much. Thank you, as always, for listening. And folks, 29 more goals to go. The countdown continues. À la prochaine.